Welcome to Awakening Divine Wildness, hosted by inspirational speaker and best-selling author, Mal Duane. Mal invites you to embrace your divine wildness with powerful conversations with visionary women. Listen in and learn how to move from pain and heartache to forgiveness and freedom so you can live the life you deserve. Welcome to Awakening Divine Wildness, and this week we have a phenomenal guest. I met her uh, at a conference down in Rhode Island, and I was so impressed by the dialogue that uh, we were having down there. And I said, I've got to get her on the show. She has fit us into a very busy schedule. <laughs> so I am just like tickled pink to have Michelle Jacobic on today. She is the CEO and founder of Prosperity After Divorce, and she's the author of the best-selling book on Amazon, Prosperity After Divorce, Taking Charge of Your Finances and Creating the Life You Really Desire. Michelle is an expert in money, business, and finance. She's a certified divorce financial analyst a contributing writer for Thrive Global and Divorce Force Magazine. She's also a budget coach, and she helps business owners and individuals get control of their finances at every stage of their lives through their lifestyle redesign planning, which is her process that she teaches so many women after they've been left in a state of complete financial chaos. This past summer, I was doing research on divorce recovery, and I spoke to over 100 women who expressed to me their deepest fears when getting divorced. And Michelle, this is why your work is so important. Yeah. Every single one of them said they were terrified how they were going to survive on their own financially. Even though some of them had jobs, just it just the upheaval from the whole process. Yes. So I'll tell you, I'm just honored that you're with us here today. Well, I'm so honored to be here. It was a really, it was a it, energetically to be able to meet you at that conference. I, I knew there was no mistake because the work that you're doing is so important in this area of helping women just, you know, take a positive mindset and come from where they are, you know, from the past and move themselves forward. And I think that from a, from a mission perspective, we have the same the same mindset, you know, it's the windshield is bigger than the rear view mirror. And um, sometimes, you know, we forget that. And I think that's one of my main things is the theme of having people understand that when they go through the major transition of divorce, right, major life transition, there's so much that we're afraid of. I've been through it. Have you been through divorce yourself? Oh, yes, girl. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know that we've had a chance to, to talk about that. But, you know, I think that we try to, you know, put on our girl, big girl panties. And the reality is that no matter how educated we are, and this is where I found myself, you know, I have a background in finance and, you know, running a multi-million dollar company with 14 employees. And I understood cash flow and taxes. But when I got divorced, let me tell you, friends, it was a mess. I chose that transition. And even with that decision, I thought, I'm going to have myself together. You know, I understand money. I understand dollars and cents. I wasn't a budget coach then. But what I found was nine months later, after that transition, after the divorce team left the courtroom steps, 
And even though I had a tribe and a therapist and the support that I recommend for women, I still felt like I had lost my footing. And really what happened for me, and I think what I find happens with many women, and I'm certain you heard this in your research, is that by the time we're done talking about money, arguing about money, and thinking about money through the process of the divorce, quite honestly, the first thing we want to do is abandon any thought about money. We're thinking about it subconsciously. We know we should be you know, looking at things, but I found that in my own journey that I walked that first nine months acting as if nothing had changed. I knew things had changed. I knew that I had less income coming in. I knew that I had more expenses. I knew that I had just split half of what we built together over 23 years. And yet I was still sitting in this place of, I I would say denial, (laughs) but really it was not denial because clearly, you know, that's happened. It was more of, I just don't want to deal with it right now. And that space of emotion was leading me to emotional spending, right? Because if I wanted to avoid the loneliness, if I didn't have my children, I would just call up a friend or book a workshop or book a retreat, work on me, give myself some extra self-care and wasn't really paying attention to the dollars and cents. So I think we women come into it with a sense of fear, but initially it's not the fear that takes over. It's that emotion of not wanting to deal with the fears. And then we show up and go, oh no, maybe I should pay attention, right? Maybe I'm not going to get closer to my version of prosperity if I don't start to pay attention to this area of finances. So is that what you felt? Did you have a similar experience? Well, um, I was very methodical. I was well-planned. And um, sadly, though, I got pulled into just an awful legal battle, which is not what I wanted. Yeah. That was the last thing I wanted. But, you know, the attorneys, when, when two attorneys tell you the same thing, you go, well, I guess I better follow their advice and not do what I think is right. right. And I got pulled into something that took, you know, a lot of energy from me, a lot of emotion and a lot of money that didn't need to be spent. Yeah, I find that so common. I had two calls yesterday from women in the city that had been referred out. And one of them is a year into the process and, you know, $58,000 behind already in legal fees. And her gut, her instinct like you is saying, wait a minute, this isn't how I wanted to handle this divorce. It's not how, and, and they started with on good terms with mediation, but it was that fear of I'm going to lose something. I'm not going to, I'm going to get a crappy end of the, of the stick. I've got to protect myself. But through that, she's had this gut feeling that the protection isn't what she's getting. What she's getting is brought into a, a boxing ring, right? And a chess match that's just getting dirty. And, you know, the biggest thing that I can say to her is you have your own internal guidance system. If you feel that the attorney that you that is litigating or going to litigate for you, it doesn't have your best interest. It's okay to change your mind because you're your own advocate. And I think what happens is we hand over the reins of advocacy to the practitioner that we hire. And I think my role when I come into a divorce situation and I work with somebody as a divorce financial analyst, I'm sort of that voice of reason, right? Because they're calling me usually after they're already getting that sense of something isn't right here. And there must be a better way for me to figure out if what's being considered is fair and equitable without it costing me four fifty an hour. And every time somebody opens an email, I'm getting another bill. So yeah, I mean, I think for me, the role that I hope to play 
and whether it's through the book and it's, it's letting women know that they're not alone. Number one, as you said, you researched, talked to hundred women and heard very similar themes. And sadly, you know, with the rate of divorce as it is, we are, we are a society that is having to deal with these things. And women are not just dealing with trying to figure out the finances. They're trying to figure out the children. They're trying to figure out their aging parents. They're trying to figure out how to claim their own version of prosperity after divorce if they've been home and educated but gave up their career to raise a family. So there's so many things that are up in the air for women when they go through this process. And for me, my hope is to meet them on the path early enough. The way I ended up in this work was that when I when I finally made the transition, right, my prosperity after divorce was really believing that I, I was focused on the financial rebuild, 100%. You know, they say it takes five years to rebuild financially and that initial rebuild after divorce to get your footing. And I thought, well, I'm a pretty strong woman and I understand money. I could make that happen in 3.5 years. <laughs> and so I started <laughs> driving, you know, I started driving in this sense of I've got to gain control and feel like I've got my footing and I don't want it to take so long. And what I found is that while I was chasing that version of prosperity for myself that was tied to financial security, it, it wasn't about the money. I came to find over that, that first two years that it was more about me defining my security before I defined my prosperity. And that meant security for my children. My daughter was ill, you know, stress of the divorce. My son was hurting. I was not available, working 60 hours a week running a company. And I thought something has to give. Something has to give in order to, for us to actually feel after this transition that there's some sense of prosperity. And I had to claim and own what part of that I actually had control over. And so I made a decision to step away from the business to be more available for my family. And it made sense for me because I have a background in finance and I was passionate about helping people budget, get out of debt, figure things out. I was a Dave Ramsey certified coach already volunteering my time. I thought, hmm, maybe I'll do something like this as a practice. And what's so funny, Mal, was divorced women kept showing up. I didn't advertise. I advertised for college students in transition who wanted to get rid of student loan debt. And I advertised for couples that weren't talking anymore about money and had issues. And But divorced women kept showing up. And they were showing up three years and five years post-divorce, asking the question, my alimony is going to run out in eight months, or it's running out in a year, and I haven't done anything. How am I going to do this second transition, not just the divorce transition, but now this now a whole new financial tr transition? And I thought if I could have gotten to these women earlier when they were in the process of divorce or immediately post-divorce, that I would have had a better chance to help them set their footing right in the beginning, start to define what does prosperity look like for them? What does the next chapter look like? Something that you work with women on, right? Is starting to dream again and then get clear. You write about a process that has six pillars. Yeah. That helps women to create a new foundation for their lives. So take us through the process, Michelle, that you do with a client that's either going through the divorce or shortly after the legal process is over. Yeah, so what I found in the first two years is that I was focused on the financial pillar, right? So the, the, my third pillar is the financial pillar. But I was doing all of the work in this area as a budget coach. I'm going to help them figure out 
their money in their money out and pull back the curtains to make sure they're not leaving things out like glasses, contact lens renewals, field trips for the kids, all the things that we don't bring into the budget, right? So I'm really, really good at finding those sweet spots that people forget. And much like the affidavit, when they fill it out, there's things missing and then they come into their life and they wonder why they're running in place, right? They don't feel like they're ever getting ahead because those things that they're not thinking about are always showing up. They just show up at different times of the year. So for me, I was working in the financial pillar always and realizing as what happened with me, the emotional piece and the, the habits, habits and emotions were huge. So when I work with women now and the process of lifestyle redesign planning morphed from the work I was doing, I realized I had more success with women if I met them first in beginning by opening up and envisioning what does prosperity look like for them? Getting them to clarify not necessarily prosperity, it's not about money, it's about what, what is security for you, right? Is it time and freedom? Is it new relationships? Is it safety because you came from an abuse situation, right? Verbal or physical abuse, finding your worth. So first I focus on pillar one is figuring out what is prosperity for you? And then looking at the emotional pillar, because when we're trying to reveal what we want as we step forward, there's a whole lot of emotion that comes with that, right? So I always do this through the lens of finance. As a budget coach, I'm going to talk about the emotional spending and how it impacts. I'm going to get people to take a dive to really uncover, is there emotional spending going on? And so if they have a vision of what their prosperity and their dreams are, they can take a more proactive approach in their in looking at their finances and looking at those credit card statements or looking at their bank statements and they can identify in the emotional pillar where's the emotional spending happening can they see it can they identify it and then can they make a change and what the measurement is always that first step if you're doing emotional spending is it going to get you closer to your version of prosperity or further away so the second pillar is emotions and habits. And so for me, when I started to peel back the curtains and look at my own spending and after that nine month window of being like crushing my finances and realizing I had to get my footing again, when I did this same deep dive for myself, I found that just my coffee habit in the morning, right? I would make a coffee at home, I'd drop my son off at school, stop at the local DD, get my coffee, hit the highway and go to the office. And then eating lunch out, which happened on a daily basis. Whoever was running out was going to grab me something. I'd throw the money. And when I pulled back the curtain and I looked at that habit and I put them together, it was a little over $900 a month. And I, which is actually interesting because when I, when I started naming dollars to eating out, I actually was okay with what I was naming, but I wasn't in control when I was doing it that way. Here's what happened. I took the time to, to add it up, multiply it by 12 to see what my yearly was. And then because I had in my head this 4.9 years, I multiplied it and it was $68,000. And I thought, right? Is that shocking? So when you look at the fact that my coffee stop and my lunch habit equaled $68,000 of my prosperity slipping through my hands in 4.9 years, I got to make a decision. How important is it to me to claim what I want in my future versus what I want today?
right? So I say as a, as a budget coach, I'm the pause and assess button. I teach women how to identify what they want and then identify the things that are actually sabotaging their, their success to get to that vision of what they want in their lives. So the second one is that emotions and habits pillar. The third one is then when we're, we actually step into the financial pillar. Now we can come in and talk about what's the money in, what's the money out. And I think the biggest mistake that I see people make is they don't budget at all, or they do it without having a full sense. You know, many women will say to me, okay, they'll show up at the yellow pad and they'll have all of the bills on the pad and their income at the top and child support or alimony if they're receiving spousal support. And then they'll subtract all of the bills. And it's always the bills with the due dates. It's not things like co-pays and gifts when the kids come home with birthday party invitations in their backpack and, and you have two children and you add those up. You know, they're not bringing in auto repairs because it's scary if you already feel like you're running in place and coming from a sense of not feeling like there's enough, it's very scary to pull back that curtain even farther and bring in everything that you really need in your lifestyle to be designed the way you want it to be. So it's a scary place, but with support, right? Having somebody there to support you, you can come up with solutions. If you're upside down, if you're trying to figure out how to pay off the credit card debt or the attorney bills that have piled up after the divorce, they're still coming in, we can meet those goals by figuring out, are you upside down? What's left? Do you have some gifts and talents? So that's that next pillar is work and family. How mm. you may need to tap back into the workforce. You may have to do a side hustle. But I come at it from a place of what are your unique gifts and talents? So somebody like yourself can walk women through this piece. See, I talk about it, but then they need support from somebody like you to actually help them move through. You know, I have practitioners in each of the pillars because for me, it's about opening up that curtain. And then finding people that can support them in certain areas that I don't do. So they, they realize, yeah, I've got to look at my unique gifts and talents and what can I do and what am I not thinking about? So the process helps them do that. And then the last pillar is spirituality. Mm. You are, if you can have all of this other stuff together, you can get your emotions under control and you can get your habits under control and you can be clear about your vision. But if you're coming into this next chapter and you have resentment and you don't have any sense of worthiness about yourself as a person because you've been abused or there was indiscretions in the marriage and you don't feel that you were valued, right? You were discarded. You were the CEO of your household for 15 years and now you've been discarded or fired. You're dealing with a lot. And I think that spirituality is like the, the, the big pillar. It's that finding that faith to move forward, the ability to forgive and to release so that you can actually for yourself move into something new. So to me, you know, that was such an important part of my own journey um, was figuring out from a spiritual perspective, what I needed to release and who I wanted to embrace in terms of my future going forward. Women come out of divorce, usually lacking a lot of confidence because they are, they do have a wound. Yeah. Um, that confidence can really kick in as far as trying to go out, get in, get new employment, even get a job for the first time after many years. Uh, and it's, it's, it's a huge struggle for them. Uh, and, and I love the fact that you bring in the spirituality component 
because it is so important in restoring that sense of self-worth, reclaiming their lives, especially if they're coming out of an abusive situation. You have a great quote here, a little something from your book that I just loved. It's in the midst of our deepest sorrow and our wildest storms that we have an opportunity to tap into our own knowing, to surrender all our pushing and open to a better way of being, doing, and learning. And that is so true. I get you brought me to tears just hearing my own words. Yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful, deep place, right? That we all, if we can somehow tap into that sense of our journey and that it's, a, you know, we're really, it's, it's another chapter and we're just writing a, you know, we're writing our own story. And I think that, you know, one of the things that you, that you just said, part of the things that comes with the divorce too is shame and guilt. I know for me, I carried guilt guilt that I had up, you know, I had upheaval, not just in my life, but my children's lives. And, you know, being able to handle, how do I release that? How do I know that even in the midst of that decision, that they're going to be okay, and that I'm still a good mom, you know, that and I the only thing I could promise my kids in that transition was a safe and loving home. And they had a safe and loving home. So they didn't understand, well, why would we want another one? But when I had no idea what to promise, <laughs> I just kept saying, I can promise you a safe and loving home. So I wasn't making false, you know, false promises. That was a very encompassing statement. And, you know, they've come through. It's, it's okay. They went through some hard times, but we all with that, that statement and what you're saying about the upheaval and then stepping in and knowing it, I think if you can come in and embrace that life isn't going to be the same, but it could be better. And it's why the name of my book is Prosperity After Divorce. It's not about money, right? It's about defining for yourself how what's going to make you feel safe and secure and whole again. And it's very important that it's not all based on money. No. That's what women need to understand. There's so much more that's important to living a good life. It's it's having an inner state of of peace and, and feeling, you know connection and that connection can be to their friends and to their family and to their children um in, i'm writing a book now i think i mentioned to you and it is about being broken open by betrayal or divorce and what women need to understand and this is not a crucifixion right but in order to move on with your life and really experience a resurrection you you need to feel what you feel and and get clear with that and not be bogged down with anger and resentment and victimhood all of those things will hold you tied to that experience and you will never move on and that's that's why this work is so important i see too many women that have not moved on from a divorce emotionally financially they they just it's it's like it happened yesterday and it can be five years and ten years out and that breaks my heart mine too you know I started a support group on Facebook um, over a year ago just I just thought something called me to just put something up you know a support area and I called it prosperity after divorce support group for women wow you know big big title 
And in the first weekend, I didn't advertise it or anything. First weekend, 50 something women found it and they started talking. And I basically said, this is a place for you to feel safe and to heal. It was about finding a positive reinforcement to be able to move yourself as you're saying. And what I found was the women that found the group, I was, I felt helpless for them because they were women that had been divorced for 15 years, 17 years, eight years that were still in this space of it happened to me. I had the crappy end of the stick. Life is never going to be better. And I thought, oh my gosh, how am I going to help these women? Right. I thought I took off way too much. And I thought, no, just keep having that same theme of a conversation that you're having. And and I and actually it challenged me because I thought I want to I want to be able to create something for them to start with some positivity. And I came up with the set, uh, just a prosperity after divorce seven day challenge. And it's so generic, Mel. Like if I literally used my iPad and I did a video each day seven days, and I changed my clothes. And you know, it's just it's so funny because. I think over 700 women have taken it and the feedback, it's just that first little vitamin that says you can change your mindset. You know, your book, my book, it's a, it's a, it's just a tool. And I know for me, anytime I struggle in an area I want to learn, I'm a self learner. I go looking for information. And when I went looking for information in this space of why is it that my positive affirmations aren't helping me? Why is it that my finance background isn't helping me? I went looking, right? And I didn't see anything. So I love that you're writing about this, you know, again, you know, bringing more word to the page because the more we talk about it, the more support women are going to find and the less of them that are going to be out there unhealed. So yeah, I love it. It's what gave rise to me writing the book. I never wanted to write a book. Yeah. Well, this is... Anyone that's going through divorce needs to get a copy of this. This is wonderful. I loved it. I loved your vulnerability. It, you know, you, you reveal all the mistakes that you made. Yeah. And now you teach women from, from doing those same mistakes. You have a very generous offer for the listeners. So please, Michelle, tell them what they can do to... Yeah, I do. So, you know, I, I would love to be able to put the beginning of the book in the hands of your audience. So I have a free intro to the book, the introduction and the first chapter that I will be able to, I'll share a link with you that you can then share in the, the um, podcast below and people can click on that link and go right forward to grab and start reading. And I think the intro and the first chapter are so important. One, they're really funny. And two, I think that any woman that is either coming through or gone through divorce will find something will resonate with them. And I think for me, it's a good opening for, you know, it's a good summer read. And um, I look at it this way, you know what, if you see that it, it definitely brings some rise to you and it gives some positivity to a, a space where you feel stuck, then it's super easy. You've read the first intro and chapter. By the time it lands on your doorstep, you'll you'll have finished that and it'll arrive from Amazon. So yeah. Very generous of you. Yeah. It's wonderful to connect with you today. As well. And you know, Mel, the, other, the other thing I want to offer too, is I do offer a 30 minute free consultation. If there's a woman that is going through um, trying to figure out the financial stuff, maybe need some support uh, from a divorce, certified divorce financial analyst to be added to their divorce team, or they just need to be able to figure out how do I get the support I need in terms of doing the lifestyle redesign planning? Maybe 
they want one-on-one, I do offer a 30-minute consultation. They can go to my website at michellejacobic.com. Again, we can drop the link at the podcast at the bottom of the podcast. But I love when women take me up on that because sometimes they just need to be able to say, this is what's going on and where I'm struggling. And sometimes they need the extra support. Sometimes they don't. They just need to be heard and to hear that they're validating that they're doing something well and just have a little bit more of a nugget if they need some additional support. So that's available as well. Oh, you're so generous. Thank you, sweetie. Really Thank appreciate you for it. having me. Oh, this is wonderful. And keep up the good work. I can't wait to see what you're doing next. Yes. But this is the conversation that women need to hear. Well, I appreciate that you brought a voice to it and I wish you well. Thank you. All Thank right. you. Have a great day. Bless you. Bless you. Thanks for listening to Awakening Divine Wildness. If you like what you heard, please share this podcast with a friend and leave some stars in a favorable review at iTunes. And be sure to visit MaldwaineCoach.com for your free Heal Your Heart, Reclaim Your Worth six-week video course.